You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. Truly appreciate everyone listening to all of our great shows. Don't forget, we've got the Pop Culture Cosmos covering the latest news and trends in pop culture every Monday and Friday. We've been also doing a lot of great things when it comes to Inside Sports Fantasy Football every week, talking about the NFL Game Source has been doing a lot of great things with Dungeons and Dragons replays as far as we've been going through a campaign as we speak, and you can find that available on all of our social media. And we've been doing a lot of things right here at the Lakers Fast Break as well with all the great interviews we've had with Rafael Barlow and Michael Visiberg just this week that have dropped on the channel, plus also Stone Hansen. You got to check out our mock drafts of round one and round two, plus all of our NBA draft coverage. I don't think there's anywhere in the past month that is devoted, even all these NBA draft podcast channels and whatnot, nobody has dedicated more to the NBA draft than the Lakers fast break in the past month. And I truly hope everyone out there enjoys it. But also we've been talking a lot about the Lakers, coronavirus, the NBA schedule and all that. But we're talking today about the Lakers and their future, the possible future anyways. Uh, some scenarios we're going to play out, and we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk a little bit more about stuff that Laker fans can enjoy. And, of course, I've got one of the biggest Laker fans around next to me, right here with me, as always, for my weekly talk. He's the man behind Lakerholics.net. He's rolling his eyes when I say that. He's the man behind Lakerholics.net. you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today, plus all the other great conversations that are there at Lakerholics.net. I know him as Tom Long, but you know him as Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, it's good to have you back on the show. Glad to be here, Gerald. Looking forward to it. I'm telling you what, my friend, it's been a lot of great content, especially in the month of April, and there's still a lot of relevant stuff if people want to go ahead and check out all the great draft coverage. Plus, our conversations are still relevant for the past month. I mean, nothing has been in really detailed in the past because it's all going on because of coronavirus. So we've had four great episodes in the past month that people need to check out as well. So you've got a ton of footage there that you can go ahead and weed through on episodes. Laker Tom has just been some great conversations. I know you wanted to go ahead and focus more on the Lakers today themselves. I know you got some things going on as far as scenarios are concerned. You had some recent articles on your medium.com page. So people need to check that out. And the best way to do that is following you at Laker Tom on Twitter. So I wanted to ask you this first off and just get right into it. I'm not talking about this 
this year per se, because we obviously we don't know the way this season's going to end. But once the season, whatever is concluded, in one form or fashion, whether it's canceled or where the Lakers win an NBA championship. Ooh, did I did I say that? I'm so sorry. Sorry about that, Clippers and Bucks fans. But once the Lakers win a championship this year, uh, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, you know, there's obviously good things that the Lakers need to address because it's not the perfectly rounded team. It's not the team that has the best depth all around. There's some issues. There's some things. There's some areas of concern. There's some age that they'll have to address as well because the Lakers are not getting any younger. So I wanted to ask you your thoughts on this because you dealt into this a little bit, and that is the Lakers' needs by position. So I want to hear your thoughts. Where where do you want to start? Do you want to start with center? Do you want to start with shooting guard? Why don't we start with point guard? I think that's uh, the position that is – usually pointed out as the biggest weakness the Lakers have, especially when LeBron goes to the bench. It's the biggest strength and the biggest weakness. It is. Yeah. So the biggest strength obviously is LeBron James. If just keeping him healthy at this point in time, uh, that's probably the key right there. And he, I believe, especially with this extended layoff uh, due to the coronavirus, whether or not we ultimately end up with a season or not come 2020, 2021 season, well, actually, probably won't even. It'll be barely the twenty twenty season, mm-hmm. uh, twenty twenty one season. Starting on Christmas that, Day, yeah, starting on Christmas Day, people are we talking. Could really, about we that. could really probably just call it the twenty twenty two twenty one season. Yeah, exactly. But the NBA is is uh, now no more hyphenating. Yes, yes. Now, now the NBA is is now considering starting the season in uh, at Christmas for the twenty twenty one season. Uh, I wanted to ask you this, uh, you know, that is some an area of concern that people just point towards, that we've pointed towards you, and that's that's going out and finding a playmaker, someone that can distribute, someone that can give LeBron James some more rest, some more time off the floor. I know Stone Hansen in our NBA mock draft chose Trey Jones, one of these solid point guards out of Duke. That was, I thought, was a great choice because he fills a lot of needs if he develops. But he's also an older draft choice, right. so that that would make him possibly, if he's able to do it, more NBA ready. I thought that was a good idea, and that's a, that's a good player to head to if, if you have that position. If the Lakers do decide to keep the pick, although you and I think probably me to an extent realize that if the Lakers find a trade out there, they're going to trade that as, as soon as they draft whoever it is they're going to draft. But be that as it may, I mean, obviously point guard is a key to find that type of individual. So who did you have in mind for a point guard? Well, it's kind of funny. The, if you look at it one way there, the Lakers really don't need a pure point guard. And, and it's because they've got several different other needs that, that could be almost as pressing. And the simple reality is that most of the minutes at point guard really are going to be handled by LeBron James. So you got, you know, the best passer and facilitator in the league. Uh, and at 6'8", you know, 250 pounds, he's, uh, he's, he's almost unstoppable. He has the, the best vision and the ability to deliver the ball off of the dribble, uh, from the backcourt all the way into the paint at the other end. Uh, there's just so many advantages you have with him. So the question becomes if you've got other needs, you've got you've got three major needs that basically came up all season long. One was for a number three scorer behind LeBron and AD. 
somebody who they could count on to to show up, produce high teens or 20 points per game regularly, um, rather than the raffle that we have of of a different guy showing up every night, and then occasionally a guy doesn't show up, and, and then you struggle or you even lose the game. You also have a need for another wing defender, an elite wing defender who can guard the the Kawhi uh, Leonard's and and uh, the uh, all of those big scores that you have on other teams that are that are too big for guys like for most of our guards to cover. They're too big or too quick for Danny Green or Contavious Caldwell Pope to cover. So we really need that bigger six seven six eight wing defender. And then lastly, you know, we need a playmaker who can come off of the bench basically uh, when LeBron sits so that we just don't struggle. Um, now, late in the season, we seem to be able to have solved a lot of those problems by getting better productivity from the Anthony Davis-led lineups when LeBron was on the bench. And a lot of that was basically because AD was playing much better without LeBron on the floor, uh, not as reliant on it. But when, but if we take it just in order and we're going to go through the various position matchups at point guard, um, there's some of the logical candidates, and 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 it, you can see the Lakers definitely probably being interested. I think they'll they'll probably take a look at uh, at some of the guys that we've talked about during the season. I still think Derrick Rose would be a Derrick great Rose option. from the Pistons would definitely be somebody that probably would fit into what we could get in the, with the MLE. Um, you've also got uh, uh, several other guys. Uh, the kid that they looked at but who decided at the last minute not to join the team uh, last year and, and was a was a very good point guard, uh, the UCLA kid. Oh, you're talking about Darren Collison. Well, if, if he returns to the NBA. Right. Yeah, if he returns to the NBA. So, yeah. Um, um, you know, then, then you've got, you know, you've got other guys that, that, that could be out there and looking uh, – uh, the guy from uh, Grand Dragic would definitely be somebody who could possibly be a candidate for the Lakers to to go after. Um, um, and there's there's several sort of of guys who've been pretty good players out there who would uh, getting near the end of their career uh, would be players who maybe had made more money in the past. Um, Jeff Teague, for example, would be another candidate that that could fit into that role. And then there's obviously, like you talked about, uh, drafting somebody, you know, like Trey Jones. I like the kid from uh, from San Diego State, Malachi. I thought he has great potential and reminds me a lot of a of a young uh, uh, a young Steve Nash type of player, you know, who's basically really savvy, doesn't have the athleticism, but basically controls the pace very well and can change pace and is is an extremely good shooter especially from deep range do you think uh, darren collison who we just spoke of earlier, darren collison is the guy that i was thinking uh, of yeah. do you think that's still realistic do you think he'll come back uh i mean because he was close well, and didn't, I, there, didn't was some talk, there was some talk that the, one of the problems of him coming back at that point in time in the middle of the year was the most he could get would be like a million and a half which was the lakers uh, had that exception that they got for uh demarcus cousins um, which wasn't prorated, so they'd be able to give him a full million and a half. Uh, and this is a kid that basically before the start of the season, before he made a decision to retire and, and devote his time to his ministry, um, was 
being talked about for $10, $12 million a year. So the decision on his part, I've read in a couple of places that part of it was financial, that to come back in the middle of the season, it would have been smarter for him if he wants to resume his career to wait until next summer when he basically can go out and a team can offer him the full MLE, which is $9 million. I think they'll look at Collison. I think Jeff Teague is a good candidate. Uh, I think Drogic is a, obviously would be an excellent find. And then, you know, at the very last step, they might end up drafting somebody. You never know. But I do think that point guard is one of those three things that they're going to be looking for to fill a need when you talk about position. If we go down the line after point guard, shooting guard, shooting guard is an interesting situation because what the Lakers have is a whole handful of shooting guards. They don't have really any backup point guards. And when you take a look at everybody on the squad, starting with Danny Green, uh, Avery Bradley, really, even though he guards point guards, he's really not a point guard. In the, in the but he's a of, short, he's a very short shooting guard. That's the problem. Same thing with, with uh, Alex Caruso. He's really not a point guard either. The only real point guard they've got on the team is Rajon Rondo, who for sure is probably going to exercise his option to stay. He's not going to, he's not going to, become a free agent he's going to want to remain with the lakers as much as you would like him to leave gerald <laughs> uh i would like him actually to stay i would actually like him to stay very much on the lakers as a bench coach. as a as a coach would right. probably I know. be my, I know. I know. my preference so um so shooting guard's an interesting situation because if the lakers make a play for anybody who's a big salary player anything from from dennis schroeder to chris paul Anybody who gets up into that range of 15 to $30 million, Danny Green's got to be part of the deal. It's the only way they can make it work. Uh, and so if you replace, if you, if you trade Green, then you got to be looking at other options. And I happen to think that one of the things that when you look at that third scorer that the Lakers need really should be a guard. I don't think they need another forward or center to be the third scorer. Uh, when you look back at the history of all of the superstar duos and trios in the league, every one of them had as one of the members a guard. Uh, Magic Johnson, Magic and you know Magic and Kareem, Michael and Scotty, Kobe and Shaq, or Shaq and Kobe, you know, Shaq and Powell. You go right down the line all the way through there. You're, you're going to find that you need a guard at some point in time, and it's one of the weaknesses between the duo that we have right now that you've got and the only way reason it works so well is lebron is really playing at least on the offensive end as a guard it's really like magic and kareem in a sense although you really have a small forward and a power forward instead of a point guard and a center so i think that there's a good chance that that if we could find a shooting guard who can deliver four or five assists per game is a good combo guard, if you will, but is also really more of a scorer than, let's say, a Jeff Teague would be or a Goran Dragic would be. I think that that may be the route that the Lakers would prefer to go. If they're going to find a third superstar uh, to complement LeBron and AD and ultimately to be take over as the second superstar at some point in time, if LeBron retires, it should be a guard. And... You know, the point guards out there that are available are not very many, but there's quite a few shooting guards that might be on the market or might be attainable. 
There are other point guards that I do like out there that uh, I've always I've always liked. Uh, Drew Holiday, great defender. I personally have would would not mind at all seeing Lonzo Ball return to the Lakers. I saw today that there was a tweet that uh, Lavar had uh, jokingly suggested that that Lonzo was going to come back to the Lakers, and eventually all three Ball brothers were going to be playing for the Lakers. Um, I think he did it a little bit in jest, but uh, Lonzo would actually be a terrific fit on the Lakers, in my opinion. He still has some weaknesses. He's going to have to learn how to shoot free throws, and he's never been a good pick-and-roll player, which is important to have with uh, Anthony Davis, but he's a great rebounder. He definitely has learned how to shoot the three ball very well, um, and he's a great playmaker, and he's a good defender. You know, So you got a lot of combinations of things that work there. But I think that I think we're going to see some changes, and I think the focus of most of the changes that we're going to see uh, are probably going to be at at the guard position because two of the three things that we need, a playmaker and a third scorer, really have to come as a backcourt player. The third thing that that defender, which would be another small, you know, uh, somebody who can guard Kawhi and and guard uh, Simmons and and bigger, taller players that, that we don't have, that's probably going to have to be a small forward or a, or a very versatile power forward who can play both positions, combo power, combo forward. But I think our biggest focus and our biggest need is, is at the guard position, one of those two spots. And then and obviously the problem with the forward position is all you're talking about is backups because we have the two best forwards that you could possibly have in LeBron James at small forward and, and Anthony Davis at power forward. So I think you can almost skip those positions because I think that we the ideally we need a backup for LeBron at small forward, somebody who's a really good big defender who can who can guard multiple positions, guard the two, three, and the four. I think that the guy that we signed, uh, uh, Morris, Markeith Morris, I think he's going to be re-signed uh, and will be the backup power forward and play a little small ball center. Um, I'm not exactly in love with that one. I'm just going to tell you right now. Well, his numbers look really good at both ends of the court since he's been on the Lakers. He's shot well. He's shot the ball extremely well. He's shooting high thirties in the three ball, and his defensive rating has been very good. He's been among the top five players defensively on the team when you look okay, at his that's, defensive that's rating. That's not that because that's not his normal mo during the course of a given season. So true, yeah. but he, but he's a veteran player who's who seems to hold his position well. He can. He's he's big enough and strong enough. Much he's much bigger than in size because of weight than his brother uh, Morris, uh, and uh, I think that he'll hold on. So after you get done with the the two guard positions, the next position I think that's really important to look at is the center position, and I don't think they're going to come back with the same two centers, uh, Javel McGee and Dwight Howard. And then, or let's say the same three centers, McGee, Howard, and Cousins. You seem set on Cousins returning back to the team. I do. Um, I think a lot of it will depend upon how he recovers from that injury. That's still a big question mark, no matter how you look at it, because he had two very serious injuries, one after another. And if you ever saw somebody who appeared to be fragile at that point in time in his career, uh, DeMarcus was the one. However, I do recognize that the Lakers really invested a lot in hanging on to him and only let him go at the last minute. 
Anthony Davis loves the guy. He played terrifically with Davis as he's the perfect player to play the five to allow Davis to stay at the four. And LeBron likes him. So I, I think that there's, at least my read on it is that there's a great deal of loyalty both ways. The Lakers would like to have DeMarcus back. And I think DeMarcus was appreciative of the support that he got by being left on the roster with the Lakers, being able to, uh, although nobody can train, had, had coronavirus not come around, he would have been rehabbing with the team in the, in the Lakers facility. So I do think that there's a good chance that if DeMarcus is healthy and looks like he can recover and become even 80% of what he was before his injuries, I think he would be the starting center on the Lakers. In which case, I also think Howard is definitely going to come back and for very similar reasons. I, I don't think Howard, so. I think, I think Howard, Howard is a great deal of loyalty to the Lakers, and I, I think he's going to turn down more money to stay with the Lakers. No, I'm telling you what he would be, and I don't mean this in the you know I'm thinking this in an NBA realistic way. I think he'd be a great fit if the if the Warriors do not draft James Wiseman in the NBA draft. I think he would be a great fit there as a inexpensive center for them for their what they're trying to do on their last hurrah for them as a unit mm-hmm. in the group i think uh he's going to read all the press clippings about how he's reborn again about how he's become a team player and he's going to take that momentum because i don't think he'll sign back with the lakers because i think at, at some point he's given a lot and he's going to ask for something back in return which the lakers may not be able to provide because we've got to remember there's a limited amount of cash that's right. even be going to become more limited because of all the stuff yep. that's gone on with the salary cap. So let's let's put this in perspective when it comes like that. So I'm thinking right now that he is probably not going to be able to be retained. Even if the Lakers want to retain mm-hmm. him, he's probably not going to be retained. I think he'd be a good fit there in Golden State or anyone. He would be that- a good fit in Golden State, and he has a and and he has the good feelings from his time with the Golden State Warriors. So that's a possibility, I'd have to say. If he went anywhere, I would say it would be Golden State, too. Well, he never played for Golden State. Cousins did. Oh, I thought you meant I thought you meant Dwight Howard, because Dwight Howard would go Oh, back sorry. I'm sorry. I got yeah. I, I got something mixed up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Howard, no, okay. Howard with you, the you, you got to get your often injured centers straight, man. You, you got to get them straight. You know, <laughs> I, I'm kidding. You're, I'm kidding there. Cousins you know, it, it would be interesting to see. I, I, I just think that that I just think that the sort well, of redemption, the well, sort of redemption feature and loyalty associated with Howard and with Cousins are going to lead them to be the two people that are going to stay, and I think that McGee will become a trade chip. I think McGee is going to stay. Obviously, he has to stay because he's going to pick up the second year's contract. He's no fool, even though Shaq decided to go ahead and always try to make him the fool. I don't mm-hmm. think his agent will allow him to do something as foolish as, as not picking up the second year of the option in a. No, he'll pick up that option, but then the question becomes whether he becomes some of the filler in a trade because he uh, has he has value he has value in the trade. Yeah, a lot of well, teams, and I agree with you on that. But I, I really think that it, we're going into next year, uh, barring anything unforeseen, it's going to be him. And it's going to be cousins uh, are going to be your two centers. Mm-hmm. I think Howard is going to get opportunities elsewhere simply because of the fact, again, it comes right down to it. What he'll be asking for, the Lakers just can't match. Right. The Lakers just can't match. 
Well, that that puts a good segue into into basically going back and talking about the center position. That that if the Lakers, if Cousins is not available, or if Cousins can't perform and be the kind of player that the Lakers want, there is a need at center that you don't have at power forward and 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 small forward, and that need basically is for a stretch five, um, which is one of the reasons why I'm fairly confident Morris will be back. And everybody I've read basically includes Morris as the most likely veteran to return. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. There's a couple of guys out there that I think are kind of interesting at the center position that the Lakers actually could consider going after. One of them is is Miles Turner from the Pacers, who basically may have lost his job in in a sense to uh, Sabonis, basically, who really is probably better playing at center. And so far, they haven't seemed to have been gelling really well with the combination of Turner and and Sabonis on the floor, although you'd think that would be a great combination. Um, But I like Turner in the sense that he can block shots, he can defend out on space, and he can shoot the three ball. And I think that the thing that the Lakers really need to add to their offense this coming year is, and, and this is why I'm so high on Cousins, is somebody who can shoot the three because that's what you really need playing alongside alongside Anthony Davis. So I could see Miles Turner being one good option. The other option that I actually like too is uh, the kid who's with the Suns now. You talked about Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines. Uh, Aaron Baines also would be, uh, firstly, first off, Baines is a great screen setter. He's but a he's, good, he's rugged a, defender. He's also a free agent, and he's going to ask for a lot of moolah. Again, you got to consider with mm-hmm. LeBron and AD resigning AD, which is obviously the most important thing you have. Right. That leaves very little with Sign and trade, Gerald. That's what's going to happen with almost all of these guys because nobody's got got cap space. There were only five teams that had cap space. And even they might not have cap space. And and even they might not have cap space. Nobody's going to have cap space after after there's an adjustment for the coronavirus and the China situation, Yeah, which means that everybody who wants to trade or everybody who wants to sign a player – who's a free agent out there with money, meaning Baines and a few others that are out there, they're going to have to do a sign and trade. And I think that that's already been sort of accepted as the route that's that's going to move players. I mean, last year we had 10 players 
to sign in trades and we'd had only two the previous three or four years. So I could easily see, you know, I'd trade Danny Green for Baines in a flash, assuming that we had a need at center and we, that Cousins wasn't going to fill that need of being the stretch five. I just think it's really critical to the Lakers to to have versatility so that they can have, they'll have, the best option is to have a starting center and a backup center that do opposite things. One who's a stretch five and the other guy who's a total rim protector rather than having two rim protectors. Because there's a times when it really became very difficult to, to play at the end of a game with a, with a traditional low post center in a, in a system. And I think that situation is going to get even harder as we move forward. More and more guys are going to be shooting outside. We're going to be facing more and more teams who are going to close games with stretch fives rather than traditional fives. And that just makes guys like Howard and, and McGee very hard to stay on the floor, especially when teams want to sag against LeBron and AD and, and everybody is playing that that they're playing a pick and roll with a, with a drop coverage and it makes it very difficult to, to get clearance in space. That's one of the reasons why we had struggled so much in the early games and early in the season against the Clippers and against the Bucks, because they basically all ran drop coverage against everybody. Every time that LeBron was on the floor with AD and no matter how much we want to have AD play the five, it's pretty obvious that he really likes to play the four. And he prefers not to have to bang him down low. And so you need somebody who can do that. Baines and Turner would be good options in my mind if if uh, Cousins can't fill that stretch five position. So that's sort of what my whole take is on, on just the general positional needs of the Lakers. They need somebody at point guard. They need somebody at center who can stretch the floor. A point guard who can distribute when LeBron's off the floor a small forward to back up LeBron uh, who can also be a stopper, if you will, a defensive stopper. And if they're going for a superstar, a third superstar, to me, it, it's, it's got to be at a shooting guard because those were, I think there's some opportunities out there. I think there are some, I think there are four shooting guards out there that could end up being traded this summer. Well, let's yeah. go ahead and talk about that okay. here right now. I saw some of your trades, and <laughs> Trader Tom is back on the market once again. Those crazy and out there Laker trades that seem to rile up the internet every single time he used to be putting it out a couple months ago. He's back Actually, again. Actually, I got pretty good results on this one. I didn't have most people uh, like trades. I only had I only had one Twitter uh, hater jump on me. Okay, that's good for you then. Okay, that's for you. That's good. But you might have two right here. <laughs> I'm not a Twitter user that much, except for when I go ahead and go on at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter. Hint, hint. But I will say this: that yeah, the ideas and premises are good, but trading for them with the players that the Lakers have or that you see have in some of these cases. It's just not doable because let's say Zach Levine, who is a, a probably the of the of the ones that you said on the list because you said Victor Oladipo, you said Zach Levine, uh, you said also as well. If everybody goes ahead and goes to Laker Tom on Twitter, you're going to see a poll that he put up there that includes Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, Victor Oladipo, and Donovan Mitchell. 
first of all, Bradley Beal probably is unattainable simply because of the fact even if you did sign and trade, you would have all you I don't think you could fit all three players the Lakers would have then as far as your stars underneath the cap. I think that cap wise, I'm not sure it will work because he signed a trade exception. Guy. Trade exception will work. Oh my gosh. All of the trades that I gave you would work regardless of our cap situation. All right, all right. And the one the one positive on listen, all four trades I admit that when you look at the surface of the situation there were a couple of caveats that I put in there that you have to bear in mind when you're looking at each of those trades. The first caveat that I put in there was that I think that the a lot of the attraction of the trades would be dependent upon how well those guys performed if we resume the season and do have a postseason, if they play as well as they have during the year and continue to do that down the clutch and through the playoffs, then I think you have some real value in those players. Guys like Danny Green, Caldwell Polk, Alex Caruso. Those are players who are respectable players and they could be excellent players to fill out a lot of rosters because one of the things you're going to see is that there are going to be a lot of clubs out there who don't want to pay big salaries, especially not going into a period of time when it's going to take two or three years for the league and the economy, the, the entire economy of the world to recover enough. Um, it's going to be tough sledding, and there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to not want to, they're going to have to start to cut down expenses or they're going to take losses. And so they're going to be looking to get rid of if you're not competing for a championship and you don't have a chance, which the Washington Wizards, the you know the Indiana Pacers, the all of those teams that are talking about that have these guys, they're not going to compete for championships. So they're going to be all of a sudden, and they're going to see their revenues drop dramatically, especially the ones because those small market teams, they don't have the TV contracts that the Lakers and the Knicks have. And they don't have the attendance even, and that attendance is going to be shattered because people aren't going to go back to stadium, aren't going to go back and fill up arenas like they did for the next couple of years. So you're going to see all of a sudden a whole new ec economics that's going to run through the league, and you're going to see people looking to dump salaries and so forth. Well, there's no free agency money open to dump salaries. So the only way you can dump salaries is to get rid of them by trades. And so you're going to see a lot of teams being hesitant to make trades. There'll be a, the teams at the top, the Lakers, the Warriors, the Celtics. Those are the teams that are going to be looking to take advantage of some of these other teams. But the, the atmosphere and the whole economics of the NBA is going to be a total different story when we get into the next year. And if the Lakers win, they're going to have some role players that other people are going to want. And for the first time, they're going to have their, two, their 2020 and their 2025 draft picks, which they'll be eligible to trade. The 2020, we'll have to wait until it's selected. But the 2025, they'll be able to include in a trade deal. So most of these deals involve two draft picks. Kyle Kuzma, we can throw in Horton. Caruso's going to have to be involved with it. I know you've got another year. Danny Bradley's going to have to be involved. You're not going to give him – they're not going to make a deal for – for Quinn Cook and and you know and 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 change and other fillers. And THT is okay. You can say he has all the promise in the world, but he hasn't shown it on an NBA floor as of yet. 
and there's still a lot of questions in regards to his development. He, yeah, he's but come Washington, on Washington Wizards have a whole bunch of Laker players that they are really happy with. Young yeah. Laker players they got. Well, and so is Detroit with Svima Heilig, who's played very well. Like you said, the Washington Wizards with Mo Wagner, if you can stay on the floor, shot 40%. The Bulls are going to be three. looking to get rid of Levine's contract. Yeah, well, I'm telling you. Three years. Zach, well, hold on. Zach Levine is probably the target that you mentioned that is most appealing. Oladipo coming off the injury, he's not playing anywhere near uh, what he was playing last year in Indiana. Well, he was still just recovering from the injury. Yeah, and, and that's and that's something that Indiana is going to test. That's the see. only reason he's going to be accessible, you know? I don't think he will be accessible. I think Indiana is going to give it another shot with him and get, allow him to get healthy. I think they, did also... well. they played well without him. Yeah, they played okay without him. And then you had also Donovan Mitchell. Okay, Donovan Mitchell. They'll okay, probably you, trade. They'll probably trade Gobert. I know. Yes, I know, they'll I probably know. trade Gobert. A, B, the trades that you had with Trader Tom out there. Okay, there's no way on God's green earth, unless somebody's smoking something weird in Salt Lake City, is going to accept that kind of trade that you offer. That was the fourth trade. That's why it was number four on the list. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it, it's they not, might do that they might do that trade and not give you and give you somebody else's dumb contract instead of instead of uh Inglis. Yeah, there's no way Utah's gonna trade Donovan Mitchell to the Lakers just on the fact that you why would you give a Western conference rival that without getting a superstar in return because, because they, Utah is going because Utah is going to really hurt financially. Uh, they're losing they're gonna lose a lot of money and they have a big contracts. And they got a problem if they're going to have to get rid of Gobert. Well, yeah, but you know, Gobert is going to be the one that's going to leave. It's, Mitchell's the one they're going to rally around. Mitchell's the one that they're going to try and build. Well, upon. they have the same problem with Mitchell. They have a bigger problem with Mitchell than we have with Kuzma because Mitchell makes only three million dollars. So how can you trade and get value from him? But Mitchell is going to. Well, that's true. But Mitchell is going to be someone that's going to be in line for a huge contract. I'm not sure. I, I re, he's an all-star to me, but he's not at the superstar level yet. I still think he has he he has some Kobeisms in that he's a volume shooter and things right. of that nature. That but Kobe percent shooter, he's not a forty-five percent shooter. Yeah, and, and Kobe even with the volume that in later years frustrated many Laker fans, myself included. There was a reason why Kobe is at the level that he is because at time and time again, when he was in his prime proved that he was deserving of those shots because he made those quality shots at the time you needed, when you needed, and he produced and in those big, big games, Mitchell hasn't yet had the chance or opportunity yeah. to do that to his detriment because he's just, he just hasn't had it. Utah has not been there yet, but can he also take those players to the next level. He's not been able to prove that either. Kobe did. It was able to take teams with rosters that weren't quite what you would well, say would be championship material. But he and still, he Kobe could, still didn't do that until he got Shaq. Well, well but then... And I'm even talking, when he got Shaq, he couldn't do it until he got Phil. <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking about the years that at his prime, because mm -hmm. there were the years after Shaq left that they did become a Kobe 30-point-a-game right. A mediocre team but once they had enough little pieces in 2009 2010 i mean if you take kobe off that 2009 2010 team that really isn't going to be a great team uh it is 
Kobe that made the difference on that and for those championship years. But I'm saying in, in uh, Mitchell is needs to get to that level in order to become a superstar. But I do believe he is an all-star, obviously a very good player. Still, nonetheless, a great playmaker. I think that's something that's very underrated with him. But be that as it may, I don't think he's going to be approachable in Utah. I think like well, let's let's said. take a look at each of the trades and and talk a little more specifically about them. Okay, All right. think, we we got twenty minutes. Why not? Let's. Go I don't ahead. think that they're as outrageous as you as you might be thinking. Well, well, first um, off, first off, let's I, going ahead into your point as far as the Lakers at the whole and the the whole salary cap issues and whatnot. I'm just going to say this message to Genie Bus. You better get your you better get your check ready. You better get your checkbook ready because that repeater tax is going to be on the horizon there sometime soon. And you no, know, that doesn't mean you steal 4.4 million dollars from the PPP again. So no, you keep the hands out of the out of the piggy bank there. Those that's for small businesses. But anyways, this is something that she's going to have to get used to. And I understand this is the bus's really only source of income. They're, you know, they're not like the owners that have all these multiple businesses. Well, but, but the two minority owners are both billionaires. So yes, exactly. So, so, the, so, and how do they do that? They, they, how does the Lakers stay at the level they are? They have to win championships. I mean, you cannot go through another decade. And realistically, Tom, well, you wait a minute. Go. We went through. Hold on a second. Hold on a second, there, Gerald, because we went through six straight years of not even making the playoffs. Well, I'm just that's what I'm saying. And still, wait, are at three, the level. six straight years of not making the playoffs, and our revenues still rank number one in the league. So I'm thinking that at this point in time, the Lakers have to go ahead and start. You know, just say, you know what? I know it's uh, it. They still treat it like a small business, but you know what? This small business has to go in and make an effort to go ahead and win now. I told you that window is already closing. That window is already there. And you mm -hmm. need to win now and do everything you can. So if it takes take pulling out the checkbook and paying that tax, paying that repeater tax for the next couple of years, then you're going to have to go ahead and do that. And like you said, tra uh, sign and trades have to be the deal going forward yeah. because no one's going to be able to sign free agents, at least for the next couple of years. Uh, at least those big money contracts – from most teams, although Giannis Antetokounmpo, I'm sure people will still go out of their way to go ahead and try and get him. But outside of that, you're going to have a lot of issues with with contracts going forward until we get to some kind of normalcy, yeah. and maybe now three, and maybe what three seasons from now. So, you've got well, some let's trades. Take a look, let's take a look at the environment that we're going to be facing this summer, okay? And let's just make some assumptions. Let's say the season we return and the Lakers win a championship. And if they do, three guys that are probably going to be really important are Danny Green, Alex Caruso, and Kyle Kuzma. So what we're offering for Zach Levine, and 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 if you look at the team's economic staying power, if you will, and and you're right about the, I agree 100% with you. The Lakers were really violating all ethical considerations to try to get part of that PPP money. Because when you look at all of the teams who are able to survive a two-year drought that we're going to go into for the NBA, the Lakers are probably as positioned as well as anybody else because they have probably the best team right now and they have the largest revenue and they have the best TV contract next to the next. So teams like the Bulls are going to want him to get rid of Levine. If the Lakers are going to offer him two draft picks, two number one picks, plus Danny Green, Alex Caruso, and Kyle Kuzma. Those are three 
quality players, at least two starters. That's an offer that is not unreasonable. Now, other teams may come up and you can see maybe the Celtics go after him or or the Bucks go after them, but neither one of them really need guards. And so I think that there's a good chance when the Lakers are looking at shooting guards that they could go after him. He's going to be the second choice next to Bradley Beal. And Beal makes $30 million compared to the $20 million that Zach makes, so that makes it a lot harder to, to put together a deal for Dan, for Bradley Beal for the Lakers because it really requires you to trade four guys. You've got to you've got to add in Avery Bradley into that mix, you know. And again, you're, but you're, again, you're giving them Danny Green, Avery Bradley, Alex Caruso, and Kyle Kuzma, four good players. None of those guys are really filler. Plus two draft choices to take off. You see the Cybrals losing money and a brand new owner in the in you know. I I think I think what's going to happen is that some team like the Celtics is going to go after and grab Bradley Beal, and that's going to leave Zach Levine available for the Lakers. I'm just going to tell you right now, a lot of people are going to foresee some of the stuff as as a filler. I mean, I'm just going to tell you right now that Zach Levine would be my trade target if I could do that. I just don't think the Lakers have enough assets unless they are really in love with Kyle Kuzma and, and uh, also as well Alex Caruso. If that's the case, I could see that happening, but I'm not sure that that's going to do enough to get it done because Danny Green, you know, obviously they would go ahead and either try to uh, cut him uh, or go ahead and try and wave wave him or try and go ahead and trade him, get get off that salary because they feel that he's not going to be a fit on a rebuilding he's team. He's only got one year left. These yeah, but they're gonna, going to be so, – So he's going to probably be some – You're talking about except for Kuzma – who is going to have to be re-signed, but but Green and Caruso basically are on a one-year deals. Yeah, I mean, I want to try and sign Caruso if he plays anywhere near the level that he is now. You're, you're trading expiring contracts. We're talking about trading expiring yeah. contracts, which is teams that want to get out of salary. That's what they want to do. What, they want yeah, to trade the three-year that, contract that they've got, the three years that they've got left for Zach Levine. They can all of a sudden just trade that for two for three guys that on one-year contracts. But the Bulls will then be trading their away their best player. So if that's the case, they'll have to really commit themselves to, to a they rebuilding They're never mode. going to see the kind of money that NBA team... Can you imagine how much money? Think about this a second. Think about how much money NBA teams that aren't among the big market teams or and the Bulls well, are Chicago, in big markets. They're, they're, market. they're not making money. They're going to lose huge huge amounts of money the next well, two all years. of them are going to lose huge amounts of money but I mean, all of them are yes all of them are so i mean obviously they're the gonna be all they've got up. tv contracts locked up that really are two or three times greater than everybody else in the league I, i'm just not sure even with the new gms that that's going to be enough for a trade for levine i'm hoping it would be that's probably of the trades that you talked about the zach levine trade is probably the most approachable uh if you have the Bulls with a new regime who get a clean slate and who could realistically, realistically now look to go ahead and rebuild and start from scratch because sure. what they're doing isn't working. That's a smart thing to do. I mean, the smart thing to do now, all of a sudden, the minimum salary that you've got to put out there. But I think they'll want more draft picks. That's that's the thing. They'll want more draft picks out of it along with the assets. And that's something I'm not sure. Draft picks. The Lakers may, may be able to make a deal and pick up a third pick somewhere. 
but at any rate, the whole point, the whole point that I'm, I'm making here is that there are two things that are really going to be different. And the economy is going to change everything. The losses that everybody is going to be facing, they're not going to see any stands fill up, at least probably not by December when the 2021 season starts. You think that they're going to fill up these arenas? Seriously. You think uh, that's going to happen? No, nobody's going to fill up the arenas anytime soon until there's a vaccine in place. We get that. I get that. So we're talking about we're talking about a whole season probably played for television. Probably. And yeah, and that that could be an issue in and of itself right there. And, and then right. imagine what that's going to do to the salary cap the following year when everybody had all of this big money to spend. Well, that's what I was going to tell you is that this is something that we're not going to see normalized till at least three, four seasons from now. Right. And that's going to be something that, you know, a lot of these NBA teams deal with. Well, we'll have very few teams. With. Very few teams are going to have the mindset and the determination and the willingness to spend at this point in time. And the Lakers are going to have a big advantage in that. And then two years from now, the second summer after their the second off season, it's going to be strange now because we always think of summer as off season. It's going to be fall is going to be the off season. So two years from now, when when Andre Dukumko becomes eligible, and he, and you know for sure that he is not going to sign this summer with Milwaukee. That's not going to happen. He's going to he's going to stay there, and he'll make his decision after the end of the twenty one season. And that's going to then put the Bucks in a terrible situation because if they lose him, it's it'll, it'll be a sign-and-trade. And what do you have to sign-and-trade if you're the Lakers at that point in time, which is another reason why the Lakers need to sign somebody this summer who can be a core part of a sign-and-trade for Giannis. You're not going to be able to sign Giannis in free agency. You're going to have to trade him, and you can't trade 12 players for him to make up the $30 million that you're going to have to sign and trade for him. So the Lakers need to bring in a third superstar, even if it's a Chris Paul or somebody at a, you know, who's can still play who's, or, or uh, some guard, you know, Eric Bledsoe or somebody who's got a big salary, but well, you realize Chris Paul's career. still on that massive contract. Don't you, you got to have somebody to sign and trade. You can't sign. You, you got to match salaries. It's $40 million, man. You got to match salaries to get him. That's why the Celtics are in a good position. We're going to get the half second the best team. player that's out there available you because the Celtics will take the first player. That'd be like a seven for one trade. You need half the team to go ahead and match salaries for Chris Paul. No, as long as it's the same, the same, it's the same situation as Bradley Beal. You can put four guys together and get close enough because all you have to do is get the eighty percent of that salary. That then you get a trade exception. It doesn't matter, even though you're bringing back, you're bringing back twenty thousand or eight thousand dollars more. It doesn't matter because you got within that hundred and twenty-five percent and a hundred thousand dollars of what you send out. So there's a step here that has to be done to put the Lakers in position to even compete for Giannis when we come two two off seasons from now, and that is to get a big salary that they can send out. And right now, all we have that we can send out is LeBron or AD. You need that third superstar, so you've got somebody to even threaten to get for that. Um, All right, man. I'll tell you what. Laker time, or excuse me, 
Trader Tom is going <laughs> wild on the internet. And if you want to go ahead and follow it today, all the crazy trade scenarios, some of which may not be so crazy, because like you said, with it's the- all based upon what's going to be the different environment when we get to the off season. Okay. Well, if you want to see some of these maybe not so crazy trades in a different environment. You want to go ahead and check it out today on his medium.com page, or just go ahead and go over to Twitter at Laker Tom, follow him there. You can catch all the great scenarios and he'll interact with you as well. When just please be nice. He's just trying to go ahead and throw some stuff out there and see what sticks. We'll be back with more of the Lakers fast break podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. But my friend, we've only got a few minutes left. I want to go ahead and thank everybody for listening. I just also want to go ahead and mention if you have any questions for Laker Tom, myself, Michael Weisenberg, TJ Johnson, congratulations again on the birth of your son. Hopefully you'll be able to come back soon. I know he was trying to, but you know, obviously being a father that right now, brand new father again for the second time, he's uh, really just really had some late nights. So we're trying to still schedule something out. But Michael Weisenberg, Raphael Barlow, Stone Hansen, all those NBA draft guys, you got a question for them and not sure where to go to, go ahead and hit us up at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. You can also check out all the great stuff that we're doing all over the place when it comes to Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. But for all the great things that are going on as far as the Lakers, the best place to go to go ahead and get involved in the conversation and also react to some of Laker Tom's crazy trades as Trader Tom, you can go ahead today at Lakerholics.net. Tom, outside of those trade scenarios, which gets even your community riled up, as I have seen so far in the past season, what else is going on with your great site known as Lakerholics.net? There's a lot of talk still about the coronavirus situation. We're all very concerned about whether or not the Lakers are going to get an opportunity to defend their championship. There's been a lot of talk about different trades and, and different stuff. There's been a lot of Kobe talk. The whole Michael Jordan last dance stuff is really uh, running a lot of subjects. Um, I haven't seen the uh, the latest episode uh, that focuses on Kobe, but I sort of just didn't want to get put myself through that grind again of you know watching all of those great memories and and refresh you know just getting refreshed for the whole tragedy of Kobe dying. Trying to focus a lot of the a lot of the energy on the site toward looking toward the future and and and. Mm questions about you know who should we spend our mle money on and and uh who should we trade who look to trade for and so forth and what holes do we need to fill in the roster and trying to leave it as as things concentrated on more of the basketball rather than the coronavirus aspect that seems to be affecting all of us at this point in time um as i told you before we got on the air i i swing back and forth between thinking that we're going to get an opportunity to to win that 17th championship versus thinking that the there's just no chance that we're going to if if we go into fall and and uh, and the pandemic starts to get even worse than it is today. 
but I invite everybody to stop by the site. Um, uh, there's still a lot of conversation there. It's a lot of people are, are still checking every day to see what's happening. Um, and it's a great place if you're interested in intelligent conversation where everybody is very respectful and, and it's, a, it's an exchange of ideas more than a, than a place just to go and rant and rave. And once again, you can check it out today at Lakerholics.net. You can do a little bit of ranting and raving there too, you know, when it comes <laughs> to the Lakers. Or even Trader Tom's latest trade scenarios right there at Lakerholics.net. He always gets a kick out of that. I think he just does it to stir up a hornet's nest. Pardon the NBA pun there. But yes, I think he does it sometimes just to see, you know, what kind of reaction he's going to get. So it's it's nicer than on Twitter. I'll, I'll give you that much. If you follow at Laker Tom on Twitter, especially during the course of a season, yeah, sometimes they were just not, they were just downright not nice to you on that. Now that's just, you know, you're just throwing it out there. You're just throwing it out there. I have, I'll, I will admit on Twitter, I have thrown some things out, but I usually keep it pretty honest when Lakerholics.net. Yes, because Lakerholics.net is your baby, and you want to go ahead and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. I have been very glad to have been a part of it so far. It's something that I truly cherish as far as my time there, interacting with the community. They've been pretty receptive, although a lot of them just want to go ahead and get into the season, and they're so depressed that the season right now is not not there. And I, I get that, and I understand. It's been a tough year for Lakers fans. I mean, yep. look, what, China, then you go into the, the uncertainty going into the season, then you go into the uncertainty as far as what the Lakers are going to do, then the Lakers really hit a high as far as doing so well, exceeding so many expectations, and then you had the unfortunate death of Kobe Bryant, and then you had the Lakers going back on a roll once again, proving themselves worthy by beating both Milwaukee and the Clippers back to back and one of the greatest weekends for Lakers fans during the season ever. You notice I said during the season. And then you had the coronavirus hit and obviously the stoppage of the NBA season. Then you had what happened last week with the Lakers and the PPP. It's been a it's been a weird ride, my friend. Ups and downs galore, but I'm still willing to go through it with you. How about yeah. it? Now listen. It's uh, do or die for the Lakers for both of us, Gerald. One of the things that you you find out when you go through a situation like we've all gone through with the coronavirus crises is that you never know what you miss until you miss it. Yeah. And you just don't know how valuable certain things are until you can't do them anymore, you know? So I'm looking forward to finally, though, getting out in the open and doing yeah. things because we're all missing what we once did, those rudimentary mundane things that we used to do three months ago seems so far away now. And even though we just thought we were bored as heck doing it, it now seems like something that we miss and we want to go ahead back to, because obviously all of us want to get back to the lives we've once had. And uh, I hope it's going to be a new normal. It's going to be a new normal. I have a feeling you're right, my friend, as always, it's just so great to have you here. I'm looking forward to our conversations next week. I hope you won't get thrown out though. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to put together some crazy trades just for you, Charles. Oh my gosh. So uh, that you, you can what? understand I, what a crazy trade is versus a different. I'm telling you, this offseason, the atmosphere and climate and the whole approach toward trades and big salaries is going to be a whole lot different than it was ever before in the NBA. It's going to be a really different new normal 
when we come to off season. Well, I'll tell you what, if those trade proposals get too crazy, I'm going to call your wife. I'm going to tell her, you got to <laughs> seriously think about this guy right here because he's, he's getting a little loopy up there with those crazy trade scenarios, making Twitter angry, making the Lakerholics.net angry. My gosh, Laker Tom loves you know, the approach. The approach I get, the criticism I get is, how come we're not trying to find a trade for Steph Curry or or Luca or you know somebody like that? And it's like, how do you explain to these people that no matter how crazy it's going to get, you can only trade for things that you've got chips that you can exchange for? Tell them to go back to NBA 2K. <laughs> All right, Laker Tom, it's been great talking as always. Looking forward to a conversation next week right here on the Lakers Fast Break.